Hey, this is Mark Tremonti from Tremonti, and you're tuned into Focus on Metal. Hey, Metalhead, Scott Thompson here, welcoming you to episode 539 of Focus on Metal. So this week, we are definitely taking the road less traveled as we talk to our consistent guest, Mark Tremonti, about Frank Sinatra. Yep, you heard that right. Back on May 27th, Mark released Tremonti Sing Sinatra. And it's a uh, benefit with 100% of the profits of the sales going to the National Down Syndrome Society, otherwise known as NDSS. And a big reason for that is that uh, Mark's daughter, Stella, was born with uh, Down Syndrome, and he decided he was going to put some muscle and clout behind things. And he talks all about it on this week's episode, his whole uh, lifetime obsession with Sinatra, getting ready for this album, working with the real deal Sinatra band guys as well, just doing everything just kind of all the right way. And when I was reading this, I was thinking back, and I think it was in Sammy Hagar's book, he talks about walking into a studio and uh, Sinatra getting ready to do a take, and he just kind of walks in, does the take, one take, perfect take, whole entourage turns around and walks right back out. And thinking back about that story, it's just kind of thinking that, you know, Sinatra was definitely uh, one uh, major recording badass. And it's also interesting because, you know, here's Mark doing this, and Sinatra notoriously absolutely hated rock music. I think he even bought an entire record label just to prevent rock bands from releasing on it. I may have some of that wrong, but uh, then again, this is like pollen overload here in New England, and I'm surprised that I even have a voice to record an episode this week. So anyways, that's what's in store for you this week. Mark is going to go give us the whole entire rundown of uh, Tremonti Sings Sinatra, and he's also going to give some updates as to what's going on with uh, his other projects as well and upcoming tour dates and all that good stuff, because you know we got to slip that in too. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Richie and Mark Tremonti. Hey, Mark. Hey, Richie. How are you? Where are you? You at home? I am. Okay. You're going to Europe soon, aren't you? I head out on Monday. Oh, Monday. Nice. Nice. Sure. Yeah. So I'm doing this show 10 years. I'm going to be honest. I thought I'd never have someone on to talk Frank Sinatra. (laughs) Uh, I'm glad glad to break through those barriers. (laughs) No, I'm good with it. I'm fine. I had the I had the record on this morning in work, and a, and a couple of my friends said to me, "Who's that?" And I said, "You ever heard of Creed or Alter Bridge?" And they went, "Yeah." I said, "That's the guitar player singing," and they were like, "No way." You getting uh, that a lot? Yeah, you know, it's been it's been probably the best response uh, I've ever gotten in my career. To be honest with you, you know, it's it's uh, you know, I think it's I think it's good to to try to shock people with something different to get them talking, you know, and it's, uh, it's been received very well. Hmm. Do you think that the silver lining for you from, you know, when everyone, when they talk about COVID, you know, it's all the downtime and you couldn't tour and all that, but I think the silver lining for you, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, is that you got to spend a lot of time around the family dealing with your daughter who was Down yeah. syndrome. Absolutely. That's, that's been the, the best thing in the world. It's, um, uh, 
you know, for her, she's about 15 months old now. And, um, I've only been away from her for, for maybe a month of her life so far. So it's been, it's been amazing. And it, you know, it gave me the time to focus on this project. And, uh, even before she was, you know, before she was born, I was able to practicing in this stuff during COVID and, uh, otherwise wouldn't have had that opportunity. Yeah. Now, now you've, you know, you've had to educate yourself a lot about it. Um, what do you think is the biggest misconception out there about Down syndrome that people will say to you, is that what this is? And you say, well, not really. Uh, well, one thing for me was, um, you know, the nervousness of, of having a family member or, or, or child with Down syndrome, um, thinking that it's, it's going to be this, um, tough, tough battle. And, and, uh, it's actually, she's the, brings more joy to my life than, than anything in the world right now. So it's, uh, you know, it's been a blessing for us and, and, uh, it's not something people should be afraid of, scared of, you know, um, I'd like, you know, I'd love to talk to people about that. You know, just, um, one of the toughest things I've ever had to go through in my entire life was handing my, my daughter over to a surgeon to have, you know, open heart surgery. You know, they had to bypass her heart and open up, you know, chest plate. And it was, it was just a horrible thing to go through, but, uh, it's such a common surgery with, with kids with Down syndrome and it's, it's, uh, she bounced back within days. It was, uh, so it went from the worst part of my life to the best part of my life. Mm. Do you find Mark, now I, I have a daughter who has a health issue and what I found was that there was a lot of support systems out there, be it Facebook groups or, or, you know, local charities in the area that, that really helped me with, with that, you know, and educating me and all that. Is that something that you found as well? absolutely you know i tell people when when you have a diagnosis a down syndrome diagnosis it's almost like you i know personally i kind of went to a lonely place i'm like you know i'm, I'm this is going to be a different path for me now but you realize that that the communities the support groups are so big and vast you're, you're going to meet more people have more friends than you ever had in your life because everybody in the down syndrome community at least um definitely has one another's back and wishes the best for one another and, and goes out of their way to help. So it's, uh, even the, you know, even the government, um, you know, everybody can complain about the government as much as they want. And I'm sure I've done my share of that throughout my life. But, uh, when it comes to, um, children and helping out children with special needs, the government's actually pretty good about that. Mm. So, so when did your love of Frank Sinatra music start? Was it, was it something your parents played in your house when you were a kid? Yeah, you know, I think during Christmas time, um, hearing his his songs around the holidays was always uh, always great. And even even not during Christmas, just hearing him on the radio or on movies or whatnot, it, it was always kind of a a happy place for me. I always it always put me in a good mood. What age did you start singing his songs? Did you start singing them when you were a young kid? Um, no, not really. You know, I, I think when I when I got older, I would. Uh, you know, maybe at a Christmas party, sing some, sing along to some songs. And then I just started realizing that his vocal range just suited my voice really well. And I didn't have to push or strain, hit the notes because it just, um, you know, just, just fit my, fit my voice. So I, uh, became obsessed about three years ago with, with trying to sing like him. And, uh, it's, uh, it's been a, been a fun ride. Mm. So who approached you to do this and how difficult was it, was it to get it off the ground? Oh, I, I, I approached myself, you know, I told myself, uh, you know, about 
like I said, about three years ago, just like when I was a young guitar player, I'd hear another player and want to emulate and learn what they were doing. So I had that same kind of thing with Frank Sinatra. I saw some videos and had one of those nights where I just went deep down the rabbit hole on YouTube and just fell in love with, um, you know, a lot of stuff from his earlier career that I wasn't uh, familiar with and uh, told myself, you know, I'm going to do my best to try to, to sing like him. And um, about a year and a half, two years into it, I felt pretty good about it and I didn't know what I was going to do with it. It was just, it was just a fun hobby. And then, uh, once we got the diagnosis and my daughter had Down syndrome, I, the light bulb went off and said, you know, there was a reason for this. And, uh, I read, you know, a bunch of biographies about Sinatra and how charitable he was and how he had raised, helped raise over a billion dollars for charity, uh, in his time, this, this time, I don't know, that'd be $10 billion, but, uh, uh, I figured what a great thing to do would be to, to, raise money and awareness for down syndrome and frank sinatra's name and um have have fun doing it mm. how many surviving members of the orchestra were you actually able to get for this i think we had about 15 15 of the folks um and there's you know there's even the guys said you know that that's we don't want that to sound like we're the only guys because there's guys across country and around the world that have played with frank sinatra because when sinatra toured he would go to the west coast and have you know his west coast band or his northeast band or his southeast band so these guys were all in the chicago area and uh we had um about 15 of uh his touring members and then then we had a handful of younger guys that um kind of filled filled some spots like mike smith's son julian uh played bass on on a bunch of the tracks and he uh you know he's done some touring with lady gaga as well Okay, so was singing Sinatra songs that was the only idea you had for for this, or was there something else? Um, no, I mean I wanted to. Uh, I called my manager. And I said, you know, I want to do a record covering uh, Sinatra songs and do it to raise money for for Down syndrome. And he had said, uh, funny enough, my my guitar teacher growing up played guitar for Frank Sinatra, so that's how we got the introduction to Mike Smith, his band leader, and they organized the folks, and we just wanted to um, do as well as we could and, and uh, create, create uh, make a big enough splash to, to make a difference in the in the community, and, and um, you know, we're really excited. The album came out today, so we're yeah. really excited to see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, and true disclosure, didn't come out today, came out on May 27th, but uh, we had some other stuff I had already put together. We were running it, so a little bit delay, but that's why I got to doing it this week. What was the first song you sang in the studio? It was Luck Be a Lady. Okay. And what was going yeah. through your mind just right before the red light went on? Oh, man, that was, uh, you know, I, I was ready. You know, this um, when I got to the studio, there was no place to hide. There was no green room where I could warm up. There was a room upstairs, but everybody could hear me warming up. So, um, when I got to the studio, Mike Smith, the band leader was pretty much like, all right, Mark, come out here and, and, uh, sing for us because luck be a lady just so happens to be a song that the vocalist really carries the rhythm of the beginning of it. You know, they call you lady luck and however you hold out the notes, the band's hits after you're, you're done singing. So I just so happened to pick the song that I had the, start out with on the lead and and kind of lead the band so it was kind of a good introduction with me and the band and uh i heard a lot of guys after that session say i didn't know what the what to expect from a rock guy coming in here and doing this but uh <laughs> but thanks for doing your homework and everybody was excited to move forward with it yeah did you get any additional vocal 
coaching for this that maybe it was a little bit out, outside your comfort zone? No, you know, I, I did my best um, to, to hunt down vocal teachers and vocal videos and tips and tricks on how to sing like Frank Sinatra, but I came up empty. I couldn't find anybody, you know, anytime I found a lesson on somebody saying how to croon like Frank Sinatra, it didn't sound anything like Frank Sinatra. It would be like a tenor singing Frank Sinatra. It's like, you know, this is not, and I, and I searched and searched. The only thing I found, um, I didn't even really use it, but it was the it was the book that Frank Sinatra wrote with his his uh, his teacher. Um, I think his name his last name was Quinlan, but he uh, but they I was lucky enough to print that out, and there was somebody online who um, went through and and uh, played all the music and sang all the exercises, and I, I kind of I spent a couple days on that. But other than that, it was just hyper focusing on everything he did, and uh, you know I I would. During COVID, my son was playing soccer, and you weren't allowed to get out of the car as a parent on the field. So he was on two teams at the time, so he'd have three-hour practices, and I'd drive 45 minutes to the field, 45 minutes back. So sometimes I'd have four hours of sitting there practicing, singing, and I would focus on one song for four hours and just go over and over and over every little bit of it. Um, and uh, that, to me, was by far the best way to learn. It's just just really focusing and... and uh, breaking down every word do you get any funny looks from people in the car next to you saying what the hell is he doing i had my son come up to me and go dad the kids can hear you on the soccer field. <laughs> <laughs> go, go park across the street <laughs> <laughs> so was this more outside your comfort zone than writing a book for a dying machine do you think you know i think it's uh you know, going into it initially was, it was just an exciting new adventure. Um, you know, we always kind of explain it as going outside of a comfort zone, but to me now it feels more comfortable than almost anything I've done musically. You know, this is, uh, uh, it's taught me where my voice should be singing. You know, when I sing the rock stuff, like right now, um, the last week I've been warming up for the next Tremonti tour. I leave, like I said, on Monday. Yeah. And I'm, I'm hit, hitting all these notes on the records and it's just pushing my voice to a place where it shouldn't go. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, I guess that's what rock and roll is. You want that gritty voice. You want that struggling thing for the emotion and whatnot, but it's just, uh, it changes the character of what your voice should be sometimes. And I almost wish, you know, <laughs> I almost wish I could have that, that nice, uh, carefree approach to singing when I do the rock stuff, but it's just a completely different world. Now, I've asked you in the past when, when a new album comes out that you're on, um, do you get nervous? And you said, no, you get excited, but you must be a little bit nervous about this one. Not at all. You know, this one, uh, you know, a lot, everybody, you know, from my friends to my wife to everybody else are like, you should be, are you terrified to go up there and record this and original members of Frank Sinatra's band and all that? And, uh, I, you know, even my, my buddy who filmed all the, uh, stuff to, to promote this um he does you know he's, he's a producer for reality tv shows and whatnot and he's filming me and he's like all right tell me how nervous you are i'm like i wasn't nervous he's like hey mark just between me and you to make this more exciting tell people you're nervous so they you know, are rooting <laughs> so they're kind of rooting for you right i'm like well i'm not but all right so in the videos i'm like yeah i'm out of my comfort zone and i'm i'm nervous you know hope, you know <laughs> you know cross your fingers for me but um to be honest with you, I wasn't nervous at all. I was just beyond excited because I had, 
I had practiced this stuff through and through there. I couldn't have spent another day to get more prepared for it. And then, uh, on top of that, I, this was all for charity. So, um, I can't expect that people would say this guy did a terrible job raising money for charity, no matter how good or bad I sing. So I wasn't nervous about it. You know what you should do, Mark? And I don't know whether anyone has said this to you. I don't know whether you're doing meet and greets or, or, you know, during sound checks and all that in, in Europe, you should go go up with Tremonti and do a Tremonti version of a Sinatra song. <laughs> you know what? I, I can't muddy those waters. I think I gotta <laughs> I gotta I gotta do what Frank would do. You know, I, I you know when I perform his stuff, I put on the suit, take out the earring. I you know, he, he, Frank Frank Sinatra didn't really like he didn't like rock and roll. I think it's because it was encroaching on his. Uh, his, his his big band swing world and rock and roll was kind of taken over so at first he was kind of against it so um, I'm, I'm going to keep them separate okay <laughs> what about actually getting up with a, a Sinatra tribute band in your local area and doing a, a song would that be something you'd like to do oh well I did a show last week you know I performed with a uh, 17 piece band you know uh, five of the guys came down from this from this record and we got some local musicians to get up on stage and uh we did we did shows it was i loved it it was one of the most fun times i've ever had on stage you you must have this list of stuff that you're taking off as you go through your career and you must look at it sometimes and go wow i just can't believe i actually did that yeah it's been you know looking back on it it's uh Definitely, definitely done some exciting things along the way, and uh, you forget about them until you look back on them. But uh, you know, I got to say, when I have grandkids and I look back on on the career, this is definitely going to be something that's the top of the list for for me to show them. Yeah, um, have your parents heard it? Yeah, I got a message from my dad this morning, and uh, he's he's all about it. He's 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 beyond excited about it. Nice. Nice. Uh, I just want to spend a minute or two, Mark, before I leave you go, just talking about uh, the upcoming Tremonti tour. Um, what's your favorite European city to visit? Um, gosh, it changes all the time. Um, say, say Ireland. Say Dublin. <laughs> I do love Ireland. Ireland's awesome. <laughs> A- absolutely. Um, you know, I, what I remember about there is, you know, we, we stayed at a hotel right around the block from this just walking, shopping, fun area that that's just uh, awesome. It's every, all my all my experiences there have been awesome, and I've actually told my manager that uh, when we get this thing on the road, I definitely want it want to hit Ireland, hundred percent. Nice, nice. So, what can we expect from the new from the new tour? Are you just going to play a lot of the last album? Or are you going to play a mixture of the four albums you've done? No, it'll, yeah, it'll always be a mixture. I think people would would be upset if we didn't play some of the favorites from from the past. You know, we'll we'll probably play uh, maybe five new songs in the set, and then a handful from each of the other records. Probably do like a. Usually, we play about seventeen tunes. You know, right right now on my list. I mean, I got it right in front of me right now that I've, I've sent a picture to my guys to have this list ready to go. You know, and I think I've got uh, one, two. Uh, three, four, five, five new songs on there for for the new record. So as as the tour goes, we we'll keep adding more and switching them up because you never want it just to be the same show all the time. So I know it drives 
probably drives the crew crazy, but uh, we like to keep it keep it exciting. Yeah, I think some of the shows are festivals on this run. Is that right? The very first show is a festival. You know, there's, right? no, there's nothing like uh, not playing for a few months and then going and playing for a hundred thousand people. Your first show. <laughs> I think we're. I think our first show is a sold out rock and park. Wow. Um, yeah. I'm interested to know in all the years you've been playing what's the worst weather you've played an outdoor show in gosh i think it was on the border of uh mexico in texas um i I forget the town it was but uh i remember going through and i think we had to cancel the first time because somebody was sick and then when we came back uh you know we were watching the stage you know there it was like uh getting almost pulled off the ground because you had these uh the wind was 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 so strong it was just pouring down rain but we you know we had already had to cancel previously so uh show was on and that was uh yeah back in the creed days scary oh yeah (laughs) it's good times and i felt i felt horrible i was i was i think i had caught whatever the sickness was from before and and, uh had it that time okay so uh, so yeah, good times. Is that the sickest you've ever done a show and pulled it off? Uh, that was probably the worst I felt during a show that I can remember. You know, you know. Now that's now that we're talking about the bad weather, I forgot we were in uh, we were in Dallas, uh, and there was a tornado that ripped through town. And um, and the next day after we left, we watched the news, and all kinds of buildings got tore tore up, and uh, we were kind of right in the right in the area of it so we're lucky that uh i don't i don't know if anybody at all was harmed in that but uh yeah we were lucky to get away safe from that okay Uh, did you get the chance to go out and see wolfgang van halen when he did his solo tour i've never seen him live but i can't wait we're gonna uh we're going on tour with him in um this this winter with ultra bridge okay nice nice absolutely so how is the new ultra bridge album coming along mark it's already done, you know. We're uh, it's getting mixed right now, so uh, you know we're all anxious to hear some of these mixes. But we're very excited about it. It's, uh, you know, I think our our producer had said it's his uh, gives him Fortress vibes. It's his favorite record since Fortress, and um, for us, that's one of our one of our favorite records. So we're we're really excited about it. Mm, so you, you obviously work with Michael again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he seems to be. Oh, is this Sinatra record? Would that be the first record you've ever worked with in a long time without with Michael not on it? Yeah, it's been since uh, since the One Day Remains album. Wow. Yeah, so, so twenty we started, years. Yeah, we started with Blackbird uh, with Elvis, and ever since then, haven't looked back. And he's he's a, an amazing producer. Yeah, yeah. So, Mark, do you want to give out all the social media sites where people can buy the record and get? Get in touch with the band. Yeah, the best place is uh, TremontiSingSinatra.com. That's where everybody can uh, pick up any merchandise, CDs, whatnot. Everything goes straight to charity to NDSS. Um, there's also the Take a Chance for Charity dot org, uh, which is the um, the site where you can learn more about you know how you can take a chance for charity or, or challenge um, your favorite artist to do it. Um, 
which is, you know, my biggest favorite I could ask is to spread the word about that, to take a chance for charity, getting other bands or actors or athletes, anybody you can think of to, uh, to do this project. And even on TremontiSingSinatra.com, there's links you can grab and information on how you can do that. Oh, final um, question, Mark. What was the hardest song to sing on the record? I think the one moment that was the hardest was the uh, low note wave. I hit a, I hit a, I think it's an E flat together on there. That's just um, only comes out certain parts of the day. In the mornings, it's stronger <laughs> than at night for some reason. <laughs> but we got it. You got it done. Got it done. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Mark. Honest to God, I really like the record, and I hope it does really well. Well, I appreciate that. Absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah, I look forward to getting it over there and, and touring on it over there. Hopefully, um, the talk is maybe sometime this winter. Okay, nice, nice. Well, I'll, hopefully I'll see you on the road with Walter Bridge and Wolfgang Van Halen later in the year. Absolutely. All right, well, have a have a nice trip over to Europe and have a nice pint of Guinness in Dublin. Awesome, thanks so much. All right, Mark, have a good rest of the day. You too. All right. Bye. And there you have it. Richie's chat with Mark Tremonti about Tremonti sings Sinatra and all kinds of other things. And like Mark mentioned, if you want to pick up a copy of that or you want to pick up a hat or a T-shirt or anything else like that, you can head up to TremontiSingsSinatra.com. And I'm sure I'm probably not fully seeing the economics of everything with this project, but I do have kind of one nit to pick on that. And that is that a lot of the really good stuff up there that you'd want to get, like the the special vinyl and things like that, all that's gone. And you would think that if you're doing this with 100% of the proceeds going to NDSS, that you would have enough of it that you could really generate a lot of funding for that charity. I mean, even if you had kind of the top tier stuff that's very limited that you could let sell out and people would feel like, wow, we really got something awesome here. But you could do a mid-tier thing that was also something that's going to grab people but uh, it's not really that way up on the site. Like I said, there is a lot of great stuff to go and, and pick up. But for me, like when I went up, I was like, oh, I really want to get that vinyl. And uh, yeah, it's not there anymore. And so I'm hoping enough people actually do kind of give some feedback like that. And that maybe Mark will uh, go and do like another round of some new revisions or something like that. But yeah, just like I said, one small little nit for me to pick because, of course, I am a physical media whore i i got in i think three vinyls in the post today so uh there you go you know what's what's driving my little uh, metal brain cells but uh yeah rant over and uh kind of has to be anyways because the pollen is definitely beating the crap out of me i have to keep stopping the audio just to wipe my damn nose it's ridiculous ah the joy of new england where you can see yellow and green clouds of pollen just coming off of pine trees and crap ah it's a joy but anyways For this week, that's it. There ain't no more. Stick a fork in it. This puppy is done. So for Richie, myself, and everybody else here at Focus on Metal, have yourselves a great metal week. And until we talk to you again next week, as always, remember... Focus on Metal! Everything else is insignificant. Still here?
It's over. Go home.